We get ready for the NFL Draft for our Spartans with NFL Draft expert Tyler Fornes. How high or how low can Jaden Reed go? How does he stack up with this receivers class? Also, is Bryce Berenger the number one punter? And what other names out of East Lansing should we expect to go in this draft? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans, and welcome to, finally, the NFL Draft. God, I feel like we talk about this for 10 months out of the year, but hey, the day is finally here. We expect to hear some Spartans' names called on the podium this weekend coming up in Kansas City, and here to join us is Tyler Forness, NFL Draft Guru. We talk everything about our Spartans, and also... He is a Vikings fan, so a little bit of Kirk Cousins at the end. You know I couldn't, you know, not bring him up. But before getting to that, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. Any way you listen to this, thank you so much. Really do appreciate you guys as always. And if you want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to get it. So what are we waiting for? Let's talk NFL Draft and our Spartans with Tyler Fornes. We are now joined by from the land of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Yes, that's right, Tyler Fornis. He does it all. What doesn't this man do? Just part of what he does. USA Today, Vikings Wire Managing Editor. Also, Vikings First and Skull YouTube channel as well. But he's here to talk all things draft with us because he's also a huge, huge analysis in the draft world. Tyler, thanks a lot for joining us on, su- on such a busy week, man. How are we doing over there? Hey, I, thanks for having me on. It, it is a really busy week. But it's busy in a good way. Um, I am. This is Christmas for all of us uh, yeah. in in the draft world, and it it is the ultimate reality show because we put in all this work, all this time, and you still have no clue what's going to happen come Thursday night. It's the absolute, positively the the best time of the year. Um, whether you're you know just a huge Michigan State fan, college football fan, seeing where your guys are going to go, or hey, if you're in the NFL world like you are, and I am a little bit with my Lions, like it is very exciting. Um, it's going to be exciting to see. First and foremost, we're going to go through a few names here, but let's talk about the man of Michigan State's hour. Jaden Reed is probably going to be the first one to go amongst the Spartans. I think it's safe to say that two will be drafted. Jaden Reed, Bryce Berenger. We'll start with Jaden Reed, though. Do we expect his name to be heard on this Thursday uh, in the first round or in reality? Do you think he can be a day two guy? Let's just let's just start there. Can he be a round two, round three guy, you think? I think he can be a, a day two guy, but it, the interesting thing with this wide receiver class is it's got a lot of what uh, Luke Braun, host of Locked on Vikings, calls podcasters. Not exactly what you would call big guys, uh, guys who are rather small, slender. Your Jordan Addison's, your Zay Flowers, your Josh Downs. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys. And Jaden Reed's a little bit bigger. I believe he weighed in at the combine at either 193 or 197. So he's got a decent amount of size for his frame at 5'11". But when you kind of look at the whole package, how are these guys going to come off the board? We mm-hmm. like There's even a lot of discussion about the top. And it's not like last year where it's like, oh, uh, one expert is Drake London at one, one has him at five. And then there are the other three guys, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams, like with within that range too. But it's it, it like the number one wide receiver in this class probably comes off seventh off the board last year. And yeah. it could be any one of the top five. And it's it's just a really weird class to evaluate. I'm overall higher than the rest of the industry on this board. Uh, for wide receivers, okay. but 
interestingly enough, like um, I'm one of the lower ones on Jaden Reed. Uh, it's Reed's a really interesting evaluation. He is really not bad at anything, uh, right. but I don't think he's great at anything either. He is a jack of all trades, master of none, and he just finds a way to get open. Like I, yeah. I live in Minnesota. I, I watch a lot of Golden Gopher football on Saturdays, and watching that game against uh, the Spartans, you just they just didn't have a lot going for him on offense, and it it, it must have been really frustrating to deal with that. Look, I've been a Golden Gopher fan for thirty years. I understand frustrating offenses. I just watched Tanner Morgan lead my team for the last four years. Sure, uh, <laughs> so we, we can we can sympathize with each other there. But that Reed is interesting. He's very quick off the line of scrimmage. He can. Uh, separate he can do a lot of the little nuanced things which you really like to see at the college level because not a lot of uh, offenses will prioritize nuance especially with like the um with air raid and a lot of these spread concepts with rpos mm. and like you look at jonathan mingo mingo has no nuance whatsoever <laughs> but he's got this incredible athletic profile and what he does in space really has people kind of salivating over him reed is just he's kind of a a, a technician and yeah. he's he's not overly explosive. He's not overly fast. But they're not down traits either. It's for me. It's been a tough eval because he's so kind of good at everything. But I don't know how to project that guy to the next level because I don't necessarily see him being great at anything either. And usually, guys can kind of rely on one trick to like get them going in the NFL. Like Quentin Johnson's going to have his, his explosiveness. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is. Uh, probably the best technician as far as route running in this class. Zay Flowers goes zoom, zoom. Josh Downs yeah. explodes out of those uh, out of those cuts. But Reed just kind of does all of that pretty well. So how is that going to translate to being um, being successful in the league when you can't rely on one thing? It's it's I think that's why I have him a little lower, but he's a good football player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is always open in college, but I mean, as a lot of people know, it is a little different always getting open against NFL guys than it is, you know, against your big 10 or Mm -hmm. non-conference defensive backs, what have you. So, you know, we kind of established that the ceiling could be, Hey, maybe third round later on in day two, but what round would he have to be picked in on the other end where you'd actually be surprised? It's like, wow, I didn't think he would slip that far. Like where do you see as the expert, his basement being for this draft? It's weird to say because I think his ceilings like mid round three or sorry okay. his, like yeah his ceilings mid round three his floor is probably round six and okay. I, I it's he's just a weird eval yeah. um a lot of podcasters out there a lot of podcasters yeah, out there yeah. well he, he's he's just weird because of all the things I brought up earlier he's right. really he's got a baseline good for everything but not great really at anything and. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of makes him a weird eval as far as how to project what teams will view him as. Because you have guys who are just, like, savvy, who go really late, and you have those guys going round three. It it really depends on what teams view him compared to the rest of the board. And I think that's that's going to be the tough one, and that's why I have such a wide range for him. Yeah. Um, I Like, the Vikings ended up getting Jalen Naylor last year in round six. Naylor was much more of a a vertical threat. And like, that's kind of why the Vikings wanted to prioritize that. Hey, maybe we can develop the rest of his game where Reed, I just see as a guy who can do a little bit of everything, but that special teams value could be what ends up separating him from some of these other guys and boosting him up on some teams boards. He's, he's just a very difficult projection. 
And we will be back in a hot segment with more NFL and MSU draft talk with Tyler Fornis here in a hot segment. But first, Built Bar. That's right, gang. We're talking about the best protein bar in the land. We are talking Built Bar. Or, hey, if you're like me and you love the Built Puffs, yes, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow wrapped in 100% real dark chocolate. Well, I mean, any way you slice it, you are having a protein bar that tastes better than a candy bar, in my opinion. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and over the weekend, a peanut butter Puff. That's right. Cannot wait to get my hands and mouth on that one. And look, hey, when I'm going golfing, if I'm about to start a workout, if I just got a long day of yard work, always kick it off with a built bar or built puff because, hey, most of these things only have 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, but yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. This is not going to feel you or not have you feeling all jittery. You're not going to feel weighed down. You're going to feel low and light with the 130 calories and just four grams of sugar, but feeling the power with the 17 grams of protein. So what are you waiting for? Head over to built.com. That's right. Very, very, very easy website to use. Find all the fun flavors over there at built.com. Or if you're out and about at a Sam's Club or a Walmart, strolling over to the pharmacy section, get yourself a four-bar box of built right there. All right, just like I said, built.com, also a great place to start. So stock up on those built bars. And he was a, a pretty good menace uh, in the return game, whether it be punt return, kickoff return. Uh, didn't really get to flash a lot of that his senior year since he, you know, suffered an injury early on in the year. They kind of spelled him with different guys. But do you think that Jaden Reed could be a special teamer in the NFL? Or is the gap between what he does in college against the competition that big between like what NFL teams are looking for from return men? I think he could be a good return man. Um, okay. I like the thing with punt returns is speed is great, but you mm -hmm. really want vision and quickness. And I think he has both of those things and being able to kind of maximize those elements and being, you have to avoid the first guy. It doesn't matter how yeah. quick you are. Like fast guys don't always translate as punt returners. It's the guys who have the, the special ability to see what's happening in front of them and maneuver around it. That's why Dante Hall was so good for so long. Sure. That's why Devin Hester's the best of all time. Like you just can't put anybody back there and, and expect them to be great because you have to be able to avoid. And I think Reed can do that. I also think that he would be able to provide some uh, other elements on special teams. I think he's big enough to be a gunner. I think that okay. you can utilize him in kick return if you want. Um, but I think he's probably best as a punt returner just because he has the ability to be quick with his feet. Um, you can see it in his releases off the line of scrimmage because uh, if he can do that against defensive backs there, he can do it against worse defensive backs in, punt, in the punt return game. Sure. And like a lot of times, you know, you don't really think wide receivers when it comes to gunners, but hey, that's how Jalen Naylor got his first NFL catch, if I'm not mistaken, by being a gunner. Fake punt. Hey. I'm here waiting for you. So it, it could work out. There's a lot of different ways to use talented guys like that. Um, well, actually, speaking of punting, let's get to guy number two here, Bryce Barringer. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Last year's draft, uh, four punters taken off the board uh, as early as late in the fourth round. The draft before that, there was just one punter taken. What, what are you looking at here just for the punting position as a whole? Is this going to be another you know fire sale where this is going to be three or four punters drafted? Or is it kind of just Bryce Barringer and maybe another guy just chilling there by themselves being like, all right, who who wants the only punter here? Um, I, I don't think this punter class is quite as good as last year's, but I do think okay. there's talent. And Berenger is uh, arguably the best one on the board. Um, when I saw him at the Senior Bowl, I, I came away kind of impressed. There is some interesting chatter about him. Like some people really liked his his game at the Senior Bowl. Some people are a little disappointed. 
but okay. I'm not what I call a punter expert. So I reached out to uh, who a lot of people know is the spreadsheet guru. And he also is a writer for charges. Wire. His name's Alex Katzen. And he is a, a special team sommelier. And he thinks uh, that he's easily the best punter in the class. And I, the advanced stats really agree with that. And I kind of took a look and you could see progression on the stat sheet throughout his entire time at Michigan state. And when you're, when you're doing a position like punting and you want to see progression and it, there's some things you can't control. You can't always control net yards. You can't always mm-hmm. control like how balls are going to roll, but you can control, Hey, how long is my hang time? You know, how, how am I doing with directional stuff? And he kept improving year after year uh, with a lot of those advanced metrics. And if you want a punter for an inexpensive price, because I think that's why teams draft punters, um, then you're sitting in a good spot with Behringer. Um, I think gone are the days where you're taking that guy in round three. Like um, the uh, Jaguars famously took a punter one spot before uh, the Seahawks took Russell Wilson, which is just LOL. Right. Yes, that's right. Those days... (laughs) Those days are gone unless you have a Shane Leckler in the class, which the Raiders took, I believe, in round two. But I think round five is probably where that conversation begins. I know uh, the Penn State punter, I, his name is escaping me, but the Ravens oh, took shit. him in round four last year. But they also okay. had six fourth-round picks and then nothing after that. So they, they kind of <laughs> – it was their last pick, so I, I kind of understand that. I, I think Behringer's got a really good shot to be drafted. Some will argue, like, oh, you should never draft a specialist. If the specialist is good and you want him on your football team and you want that control for an inexpensive price, I don't care. But you better yeah. be right because, like, the Vikings drafted Blair Walsh in 2012. He had a – he was, like, borderline rookie of the year, 10 for 10 on 50-plus yard field goals. Then they gotcha. signed him to an, ex- an extension. Year five, he went down the toilet. So you just right. – you better know that these guys are going to hit because so much of their game is mental. Yeah, I, I mean, God, especially with that kicker position, too. Like, mm-hmm. Roberto Aguayo will forever be the reason that a kicker does not get drafted. Like, what? Was that a second-round pick they uh, burned up on him? That was tough because he, he was, was automatic in 50, college. <laughs> pick 55? People okay. thought he was, like, the greatest co- kicker prospect. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, same. I, I was one of those people. <laughs> I was like, how, how can this go wrong? Like, yes, this makes mm-hmm. sense that they should take him that high. And then I don't even know if he made a, a, a kick in the NFL. <laughs> it was uh, – Quite the disaster, but we're big Vice Behringer fans. It's a little different with punting, hopefully. Um, so those are the guys that were invited to the Combine and, you know, got to go through all that. Those are the two biggest names. But there is a smattering of names here that, you know, competed at MSU's Pro Day. Try to put up some good numbers here. Uh, Xavier Henderson, Matt Carrick, Tyler Hunt, Jacob Slade, uh, Behringer we already talked about, Kendall Brooks, Jarrett Horst, Jaden Reed, Ben Van Sumeren, and Daniel Barker. Any of those names that just threw out at you, we don't have to go through every single one of those names. That would be ridiculous. But are, is there a name or two where you're like, that's a quality undrafted free agent guy, or maybe even backdoors open into round seven. Maybe they should be by their phone um, during day three's round of drafts. What any, any names stick out to you there? I think it's Jacob Slade, the defensive lineman. Um, okay. I'm really intrigued by what his fit's going to be. He's a little bit undersized, but mm-hmm. he's got some tools. He's got some quickness. I like the motor that he has. And when you're taking a late round guy, having a great motor is a fantastic trait because a lot of times when you have a late round guy, you're not getting the high end athleticism. So you have to have something to kind of compensate for it. And I think Slade has that ability to be able to keep going and going and going. I'm I'm curious what his fit would be. Is he going to be a three technique? Is, are they going to want to kick him uh, out to a five in an odd front? Uh, Like, what that is, I think I want to see him continue to grow with uh, strength and conditioning. 
but you take a guy in round six, round seven, which is his likely destination if he gets drafted, then you can put in some time in the weight room and give him the opportunity to continue to grow and get stronger. And like college weight rooms are great and their strength and conditioning programs yeah. are, but it's just a completely different world when you take the 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 element of classes out of it. You don't have to worry about tests and homework. Your entire life is football. And yeah. I think having that for a guy like Slade, who's a little bit undersized, could be a massive benefit. And I think he could carve out a role in the NFL. And there's just one name, too, that I just want to pick your brain about. And it's Ben Van Sumeran. And he he was fine at Michigan State. You know, like he he was a linebacker. He was objectively solid, I guess. But he's blowing up with his numbers as far as like weightlifting, agility, you know, all the tests that they do at these pro days. And now there's whispers. You're like, yeah, this guy can be drafted in day three. No problem. And like that has some state fans a little confused, shocked. Uh, when you see a guy just, you know, put up really great numbers at a pro day and his film doesn't necessarily match it entirely. Are you just saying like, yeah, that you, he might get drafted late in the rounds for like special teams for a few years in the NFL, which is a great career to have. But like, I, I just, a lot of us are confused about what to do with this Ben Van Sumer and Singer, how to think about this going into the draft. I mean, is there smoke there? Could he get drafted, you think? Or is that just maybe a little too much dip on the chip for people saying that probably a little bit of both uh, a guy okay. with that kind of athletic testing that it, it especially at the linebacker position that is more in line with like cornerbacks and wide receivers that's going to raise red flags you're be like okay yeah, yeah. let's right. let's go back and look at the tape is he really this athletic and then then what you have to do because i'll be honest i have not been able to dive into ben van sumeran but i i know the that's testing okay. just came yeah. out absolutely absurd so you have to contextualize it why is this guy so athletic and why wasn't the tape necessarily matching that athletic profile what were they asking him to do were they actually asking him to utilize uh, mm -hmm. his athletic gifts because sometimes they ask players to do too much read and reacting instead of just acting and when you okay. have a guy like that maybe it's best that he's just a straight gap shooter and be like hey you fire yeah. And like a Devin Witherspoon, like his, his best game is he's just going to fire at the football. Maybe he needs to be put in situations to do a little bit more of that and try to understand, okay, what is this guy really good at on the football field? How can we utilize those athletic gifts to better him and to make him a good player? I think this is the kind of guy that gets drafted round six, round seven, especially if he's a UDFA, that's, this is the kind of guy you could get like a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus Yeah, because right. Those athletic traits are stuff that coaches want to work with. Coaches will always say, oh, I can fix him or I can make him because I see this, that, or the other thing. And with a guy with this kind of athleticism, that is a coach's dream. Um, I, I'm really intrigued to see if they can get more out of him. At worst, he's a probably a great special teamer because he, he'll be able to run with a lot of explosiveness. Yeah. And when he gets engaged in blocks, he'll be able to take on other linebackers, defensive backs, wide receivers, and be able to shed and be able to make plays uh, in the open field. There's got to be at least one staff or one front office out there that sees those numbers and says, I, I will be the one that breaks this horse. I, I I am the one that was missing in their life. I mean, of, of course, of course. It always feels like it happens in the NFL draft. Uh, really quick before I let you go, I got a question that absolutely has nothing to do about the draft, and I might be setting myself up for major, major letdown right now because Kirk Cousins is my favorite Spartan of all time. How is he treating you over in Minnesota? I, just from your point of view as a, as a big Vikings guy over there, are, are, are you happy in this marriage? Or um, just give me your thoughts on, on this really quick. 
Oh uh, yeah. Um, so on the field, Kirk Cousins has been fine. Um, okay, there's there been a lot, a lot of times where he hasn't performed nearly up to his contract. There's been times where he's outperformed it. I think he's yeah. like he's making on average thirty five million a year on this new, latest extension. He's probably it's a lot. Yeah, he's probably worth about 28 of it, but it's a, even a harder to contextualize with like Jalen Hurts just getting 51 average annual value on his latest contract. Uh, yeah. But when you when you t- kind of take a look at everything, it's just time to move on. Um, okay. He's 35. He was brought in as a mercenary to be that last piece to a Super Bowl puzzle, and it just didn't work. And it's not that he's not a good quarterback. It's not that he's not a good human. Sometimes sure. a marriage just doesn't work and you have to get a divorce. And I think kind of that's where the Vikings yep. are at with cousins. Um, I, I think it would probably have been smartest to move on from him after last season, because you probably could have gotten more from him in a, in a trade scenario. But yeah, like he, he had his best season as a Viking last year under Kevin O'Connell. Some of the stats were down, but how he played the game shifted. He wasn't pl- being super conservative. People point to that fourth and eight to end the season. That was bad. That was classic mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. But sure. there were so many times where he was driving the football down the field, making tight window throws that he wasn't making in prior years with the Vikings. And to see that growth from a 34-year-old, that's not something you see every day, especially because Kirk has probably been playing quarterback relatively the same since he was a kid. Like you're probably. talking 20 years of ingrained stuff. There's a reason why they have this thing. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's hard to get somebody to leave a comfort zone or a certain style and Kevin O'Connell was able to get that out of him. And it's I, I think that he could be really good if he goes to a Kyle Shanahan, be able to really maximize the last couple of years of his career. But overall, I think he gets too much crap. I also think he gets too much love from some sectors. He's a he's a top eight, <laughs> top 15 quarterback in the NFL. And sometimes yeah. uh, when you have to pay that guy it's unfortunately just not enough to be able to really have a Super Bowl contender. And that's not on Cousins. Yeah. Okay. That could have been a lot worse because I feel like every single Sunday in the NFL, it's always Kirk Cousins' most talked about guy on my Twitter timeline. And uh, it, a lot of anger most of those times. So thank you for letting yeah. me down gently there. That, that could have been a lot worse. So uh, listen, I'm, I'm, right down the middle. I'm different yeah. from a lot of Vikings uh, people. Um, I like my entire job is the Minnesota Vikings. I try sure. to be as honest and forthright as possible. And a lot of people just haven't been willing to change their minds on, on cousins just because they want to be, they want to be right. They want to be set in their ways. Totally if you're given new information, yeah. if you don't evolve, you're doing yourself and your fan base a disservice. So See, like, he's go. good, but it's just time to move on. And both can be true. There we go. Well, that's what us podcasters do. And one of us may be getting drafted this weekend, right? Either before or after Jaden Reed. Who's to say? I love that comparison. Just a bunch of small, undersized people. That's that's great. I love that. <laughs> Tyler, really love talking to you too, man. Really appreciate your time, all your knowledge and everything. I know the, the listeners do. Uh, the draft is all, all the rage this week. And I hope you just have a sensational week with everything. And good luck to your Vikings too, as well in this offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what your Lions do. Um, four picks in the top 55. They could go a million different directions, and it, yes. none of it would really be surprising. Um, I, I'm fascinated to see what they do, and um, I, I'd say best of luck to the Lions, but oh, – oh, who am I kidding? The Lions have been tortured yeah. more than we have. Best of luck to the Lions. So we appreciate that. We can take any win we can get, especially before another player gets suspended in this offseason. That would be just delightful if we could just have one one straight week of good news here. But uh, <laughs> until then, gang, we will be back tomorrow. We will be back this weekend. We're going to update everyone where everyone gets drafted from our Michigan State Spartans. But until then, hey, enjoy the draft out there. Love you all. Go Green.